Welcome to the Market Beautifully Podcast, a show where I offer marketing advice for lady entrepreneurs who crave to crack the code when it comes to getting noticed or expanding their brand online. I'm your host, Haley, and I can't wait to chat with you about what I have planned for today's episode. Wow. I just want to start with this first. Welcome back. So glad you are here because hanging out with you and chatting about your business is the best. But second, I'm terrible at PR and anything media. Give me a Facebook ad campaign, sales goal, or marketing budget, and I am game. Like, I'm so down, I can conquer pretty much anything you throw my way. I feel super confident. But if you ask me, how do I get featured on Huffington Post? I would look like a deer in headlights. (laughs) And that is why I brought my incredible friend, Kristen, on the podcast, who not only has columns on popular media outlets like Huffington Post and Entrepreneur, but teaches these principles to entrepreneurs like us. So she's amazing. I'm so excited to introduce her to you. But before I do, I want to mention that next week an episode won't be released on Monday because I'll be traveling Europe. I'm going on an adventure with my husband Creed to unplug a bit, not entirely, but get out of our comfort zone and travel to a part of the world we have never been before. Honestly, I've never been out of the United States, and if we're being even more honest here, I've only been to a few states out of the country that I actually live in. Like, that's crazy. I've hardly traveled, so I never grew up going on vacations or traveling, and there was this vibe around traveling that it was a waste of money. So, We just never really went. Um, I just, I'm craving experience. I'm craving adventure and I'm craving pasta. So Italy was the obvious place to go here. And you can follow along on Instagram stories. My Instagram handle is at marketbeautifully and I'll be responding to DMs. So if you have any advice or just want to say hi, please do. So basically what I'm trying to say here is this is the last episode of 2017. And I hope you follow me on Instagram while I wrap up my year and know that I am rooting you on from the sidelines while you wrap up your year. I know you have made amazing leaps this year as have I, so I'm excited to go into 2018 with you and dominate. Now with all that being said, let's go talk to Kristen about all things PR because she has some incredible insider tips for us. Hey Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, and I'm so glad we met. We met recently, actually, through Huffington Post and a mutual friend connection, which was awesome. I know, I know. She's so fantastic, by the way, and I'm so thankful that she connected us. And, you yes. know, I'm I'm so happy that you were on board to, you know, uh, collaborate with me on that Huffington Post article. So thank you very much. Oh, yes. So much fun. Um, I've loved it. And I've loved meeting you and following your brand. It's been awesome. And now I'm glad that you get to be on the podcast and talk about how to make our big PR dreams actually happen for our business. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It seems like such an elusive concept. And, you know, it's not nearly as popular as or as glamorous as, you know, Instagram marketing or Pinterest marketing. But, you know, it really is a critical part of any small business's growth and, um, you know, become incredible. So I'm really excited to share all my knowledge and wisdom, you know, that I've acquired over 12 (laughs) plus year career. Yeah. And um, let's get to it. Yeah. Well, I like that you mentioned the word credible, because I think that that is the big kind of cornerstone of PR is it makes you credible, like you're worthy of being featured in the news, um, you know, worthy in quotation marks. But I like that you said that because like for me, when I got mentioned on Huffington Post and now I get to put that by my name, 
people that, I mean, I didn't change. Me and what I know, has it did not change at all. But now people perceive me in a different light because I've been featured on Huffington Post. So I like the, the PR and if you do add this as part of your marketing strategy or marketing map in your quarter or your year of your business, you know, it, it does have huge impacts on your business, but you, it's not a number thing. So that's where I kind of have my drawback because I'm like, a, I need to analyze the numbers. Okay, what's the ROI? PR, there's no really ROI. It's just, you know, it's good. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is definitely difficult to quantify what the results are, but you know, I mm-hmm. always tell everybody at the outset of starting any PR campaign, the most important thing is you need to define what your objectives are. You need mm-hmm. to set what your benchmarks are. You know, if you're looking to increase sales by X percentage, then obviously you're going to be looking at what your conversions are. But if yeah. you're looking to increase brand awareness, those benchmarks and your analytics approach is going to be very different. So it's really important to define what your goal is. You know, do you want to get investors? Do you want to attract the best talent out there? Do you want to raise your own profile as an expert? Do you want to write a book? You Mm -hmm. want to get on TV? You know, I mean, there's so many different objectives that tie into publicity and um, so many entrepreneurs don't understand that. So it's really important to make sure you define them at the outset. Yeah. And I think we should start from the very beginning whenever it comes to crafting our story. Now, a lot of us may not feel like we even have a story. There may be like, well, what what is there to say? And we're so used to pitching our product or our service and we're not looking at our business from a different perspective that I think would pique more of an editor's interest. So could you talk to us about how to craft your story that's actually going to make an impact on not only like the people that are reading it, but also make an impact on the people behind the scenes that are actually putting that story out into the world? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, uh, I mean, I tell my students and I tell my, my clients and, you know, just friends that are entrepreneurs, your story doesn't necessarily have to be innovative or your products or service or what you're working on, your project doesn't have to be innovative necessarily. It just needs to be unique. It needs to be different. So uh, when you want to craft your story, you got to kind of look at your own platform and your own brand overall with a critical eye with how a journalist or a television producer would look at it. And, you know, it, it's all about coming up with something that is timely or newsworthy, Mm -hmm. something that's interesting. And the best way to do that is, you know, make your brand or yourself newsworthy is, you know, if you're launching a new product service or company, if you're hosting an event, if you just made a new hire, somebody in the C-suite or somebody that's really important to your board, um, winning an award, uh, milestones, like celebrating your first year, your fifth year, your 10th year in business, Mm -hmm. Um, any type of controversy, but you really want to be careful with how you end up framing that message, business expansion, um, uh, opening of an online store, a course, you're holding a webinar, um, a new location opening, anything that is going to essentially want to make the media know more about you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have a physical presence, you know, brick and mortar store, and you're opening 
a, a new location or you're carrying a new designer, um, local media, hyper local media, absolutely love covering local businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I usually tell my entrepreneurs, you know, it, go after the lowest hanging fruit first and usually local media is. So for an online business where our target audience is not local, but I mean, let's say like for me, for instance, I live in a small town in Arkansas, <laughs> yet none of my target audience lives anywhere close to this little small town in Arkansas. You know, my clients, like I have clients in Australia and Japan, like all of these, or New York or Chicago or LA, you know, all these bigger places. So for someone like me or, you know, a lot of my audience, you know, they're, they're online, but they might live in a smaller town too not as small as Arkansas towns are <laughs> but they're still tiny and um, they're nowhere like New York where you're from um so how would we kind of go about crafting our story that because would we go to the local news stations is that a good place to start yeah I mean absolutely just as long as you know your story makes sense to them mm. but like I know that we had a, a small conversation before we started this mm -hmm. uh, podcast and you said that you're going to be launching a summit soon. Yes. Um, that's huge. Mm -hmm. You should absolutely be, you know, before, three months before you launch that, you should start doing PR to all online business media where your uh, audience hangs out. So you should be reaching out to the editors at Inc. and Entrepreneur. And this is, this is for anybody that has an online-based yeah. business. Um, and you see, you're more B2B. Mm -hmm. So those outlets would be perfect the business insider, um, any of those publications where your audience hangs out. I, I don't think print would be great, uh, yeah. in terms of getting people to sign up and convert, but, um, the online versions, absolutely. Okay. That is, that is really good advice. I like that. So whenever we're crafting our story, you're thinking, getting a unique perspective on our business. And I like that you had all of those examples. So once we have an idea of our story, how are we going to actually write it? Like, what if we feel like we don't feel really confident in our writing skills? <laughs> how do we get over that hump and just create some really awesome piece that we feel proud to give to someone? Okay, well... If you're, it's fine if you're not the best writer in the world. You know, I'm a publicist and, you know, I teach this um, in grad school and I don't think I'm the best writer. Uh, but the, the, the best thing for you to do is after you end up drafting your pitch, which, you know, we can talk about a little bit in terms of formatting. And I actually have a free class on how to, you know, structure a pitch um, to Perfect. use for the Huffington Post and all that, which we can talk about later. Yeah, and but, we'll have that in the show notes as well. Where can they get that? Um, it is actually, uh, if you go to Creative Development Agency mm -hmm. and then you click on the header, um, it's kind of like a long URL. <laughs> Just click on the header. It's in big, bold letters, and it'll bring you directly to the download. Um, Perfect. But, I'll email that to you so that you have that. Great. Yes, you can go to marketbeautifully.com slash podcast and it'll be in the show notes. And so uh, it, it's, if you're not that confident in your writing skills, you know, have a friend or an employee or a parent or mm -hmm. a spouse look at your writing from a 
critical perspective and mm -hmm. have them give you feedback. You know, you don't have to hire an editor. I mean, if you have the resources to do so, then I would recommend doing that. But if you're just starting a PR campaign, you know, work with a friend or a family member and see if they can give you feedback on whether they find your story interesting. And you'll be amazed at how insightful their comments really are. Yeah, that is fantastic advice. Even putting it in a Google Doc, sharing it, and letting them make comments on the side. I love that feature of Google Docs. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Okay, so great advice. We have our story. We maybe not feel confident, but we should feel confident. It's totally okay. We'll have someone edit it. Great. Now we're to peaking the interest of the editor. So we've chosen our platform, which is kind of based on your audience. Where does your audience hang out? We've chosen our platform. Now, how do we actually get in touch with that editor and grab their attention? Because I know there are tons of submissions every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, well, the first thing is, you know, you want to make sure that you end up researching the right editor that would be mm would potentially be interested in covering your story. You know, if you end up, if you have a small branding agency, um, you're not going to pitch the money editor, uh, you right. know, at Inker Entrepreneur or CNN. You're going to end up pitching, you know, the marketing or the small business uh, editor. And once you end up finding out what that person's name is, just do a Google search or look on Twitter, LinkedIn, and you'll be able to find their email address. I mean, it's, it's, it's so easy. Um, to, to find pretty much anybody's <laughs> contact yeah. information. Yeah. And once you figure out who the right contact is, uh, then you'll want to craft a very tightly written pitch. And, you know, in my uh, free PR course, I kind of go over step-by-step -step what that is supposed to look like. You know, you want to have a very succinct, very tightly written subject line. You'll want your pitch to be no longer than, you know, 250 words, including your bio. You'll never want to include any attachments, only direct links or Dropbox links mm. um, to whatever it is that you're pitching. And um, if you don't end up hearing back from that editor, follow up two or three more times over the course of a week to 10 days. And if you don't, still don't hear back, it's fine. You could pitch another editor at that same publication, maybe with a different angle. But I just want to say you never want to mass, you never want to send out a mass pitch to a thousand, oh. like one pitch to a thousand different media outlets because they know. And I have columns on the Huffington Post, the New York Daily News, Inc. and Entrepreneur, and people pitch me just blindly, unsolicited. Yeah. And I'm fine with unsolicited pitches, but they're generic. I can tell that they're being sent right. out, you know, to a thousand other people. And that's not cool. If you want to build a relationship with a journalist, uh, you want to personalize every single email that you send out. Because really, at the end of the day, it's quality. It's not quantity. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. No, I love, love, love that advice. Now, when we're talking about the pitch, I like that you said 250 words. That's a fantastic frame what else are we sending like is this where we send our actual article that we've already pre-written or this is where we send a pitched idea great question so every publication has different guidelines okay um for for entrepreneur if i'm pitching a client to get a column you know i will pitch the article in its entirety um, and then I'll include a bio 
But if I am going to be pitching a client for a column on ink, you know, it'll only be uh, topic ideas or article okay. ideas. It won't be the entire article. So it's really important to know what each publication requires. Okay, and, and where would could, we find that? You know, you just... <laughs> That's a great question. So you just Google the name of the publication uh -huh. and then article submission guidelines and okay. you'll be able to find them. I mean, it's it's really simple. Nice. So do a lot of Googling. I feel like that's a, a good, solid answer yep. uh, for, for everything PR. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, I feel like a lot of things are easier to find now that everything is online, which makes our jobs as business owners trying to get featured pretty easy. Right. Cool. Okay. So structure pitch, we have the bio, not less than, or less than 250 words if possible. And mm -hmm. then linked out to our pitch, figure out the guidelines, all that awesome stuff. I love this. feel like we're good. Now I know there's do's and don'ts and I have, okay. I feel like I have, I may have done a don't. So can you cover the do's and don'ts, Kristen? Because I need this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's, okay. So this is coming from like the journalist side of me. Okay. Um, whenever I end up receiving pitches and my name is spelled E-N, not I-N, it drives mm -hmm. me insane. That, <laughs> like that pitch gets thrown in the garbage. I don't even look at it. So you yeah. want to make sure that you spell the reporter's name correctly. You want to understand how media lead times work. So, for instance, print magazines generally generally run three to six months in advance. Online is generally one to six weeks in advance. And television and radio could be anywhere from one to uh, one day to six weeks, depending on what type of station it is. Um, don't email an editor asking if they received your pitch or press release. That's a surefire way to kill the relationship before it even started. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you'll want to proofread your pitches, obviously. Never include attachments. Um, you'll always want to embed links. And, um, you know, you, you never want to call an editor or a television producer unless you have a personal relationship with them because they're not going to pick up the phone. Or as soon as you say who you are, they're going to hang up on you. Um, <laughs> they're busy. They really don't care. And, you know, they got 500 or 1,000 pitches yeah. a day. And it's you can't feel through them all. So it's, yeah, it could be overwhelming, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. That's good advice. So that's interesting that you said don't follow up with did you receive this because – with a lot of clients, like if I send out something and let's say I don't get a reply in a week, sometimes my inbox does weird things where it sends it to the junk folder. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it. I mean, you can you can follow up on the status of. Okay, so that's how you'd follow up. Right, but you can't say, "Did you get my press release or my pitch?" Because... So it's how you word it. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Okay, well, I don't think I've done any of those, so that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> and also, don't ask for media run dates. You're you're a big person. You're a big boy or a big girl. Set Google alerts or use social mention. Um, if you do ask when an article is going to run, they're not going to answer you, or they'll just. It, I've had this happen earlier on in my career that ends up cutting you or your client 
out from the article because you just pissed them off. Oh, wow. So never ask for links. Um, Google them, set the alerts, you know, check vigilantly, um, be responsible. Just don't badger them because, like I said, yeah. you'll, you'll kill the relationship before it even starts. Well, and their time is so, so valuable, especially like your time. There's there's so many columns that you're running and your time is so valuable. I mean, yeah. I mean, for okay, for me, for instance, like people spell my name wrong all the time and it drives oh. me crazy. I mean, yeah. my name is Haley. I know there's a million different ways to spell it, but <laughs> it's on my website. If you just look at how I spell it, you can copy and paste. So I'm not a, I don't have a column. I don't have any of that. But when I get pitched for summits all the time or to be featured in an article and like, I'll just say no, because I'm like, you can't even spell my name right. You obviously don't actually listen to my podcast or right. my website. It's kind of like a slap in the face. So <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it's so, it's so important, you know, to, to follow these simple guidelines. And mm -hmm. I mean, if you can't follow directions, then it's just like, you, you know, <laughs> right. So, but, um, and I understand that a lot of entrepreneurs will not know that this is appropriate media etiquette. Yeah. Um, until now, but uh, anybody that's listening, if there's anything that you take away from this interview, it's those things. Um, <laughs> it's the media etiquette do's and don'ts. I mean, that's that's the most important thing. So how can we help you, like in some way? Like let's say we're pitching to an editor, someone along the lines of, like what, what your job is, you're filling through so many things. How can we help you? Well, the first thing is, and this goes, I, I think this is more slated towards PR people, but mm -hmm. it can be slated to, you know, internal marketing people that are doing PR. Um, if you do end up pitching an editor or journalist, don't just say, okay, well, you know what? I have an expert that can talk about X or Y. Tell them in the email what the quote or the commentary is. Don't make the editor go back and forth trying to get quotes from the owner or from you because they just don't have time to do it. So be upfront and include all the important information within the pitch. Um, and like I said, every single pitch that goes out, make sure it's customized. Don't same the same crap template to, mm -hmm. you know, don't even send the same tem uh, crap template to 10 different media because yeah. they're going to know. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Okay. Because I would say, like, for me, I feel like the biggest way to get featured is if I help them. And I'm my vibe is all about being friends. Like, every, every person I meet, like, when I met you, it's like, I just want to be Kristen's friend. Like, I just want to help Kristen and be as helpful as possible. And I feel like that's what networking is all about, is helping other people. And you're never going to get ahead if you don't actually have a genuine interest in you or any kind of editor if it's all about you then people can tell you're absolutely right absolutely right you know offer some type of value and um don't don't hype it up don't hype your pitch up you know don't include words like leading or superior or premier or mm. world-class or disrupt because those words mean nothing they're just filler words you know <laughs> When you're writing, it should be the the simplest. It should be the, the most simplistic form of writing. 
and um, just don't everything that you learned in like expository writing, you kind of want to apply to <laughs> writing a pitch. So everything that you learned in creative writing, leave in the creative writing class. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not writing sales copy, you're writing for a magazine or a website. You know, you want to keep your writing as clean as possible. More conversational in a way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Unless of course, you know, you're a healthcare company and you're pitching you know, Time Magazine on some type of, you know, new cancer drug, then obviously it would <laughs> right. be more technical, right? Um, or more scientifically based. But I would say for the majority of your audience, yeah, I mean, they're probably creative entrepreneurs mm -hmm. or online course owners or some yeah. type of consultant, right? Coach. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you want to keep your message and your writing as clean as possible. Yeah, I get pitched for podcasts all the time <laughs> it's, and I look at these emails and these are like PR companies emailing me for their client and they're like this is the world-class person in this area of their field I'm like but are they really though like, when I when I see that it automatically makes me think they're not because like if you have to say that then I feel like you're not um and some people, some of them, you know, they really are. It's, it just comes across as kind of spammy. I guess that does, I think that would be the word to kind of sum that up is it looks like spam. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or just straight out BS, you know, not unless you're, you've created, you know, an iPhone, you know, or if you're Apple or Google, I mean, there's really not too much innovation. Um, so like, it, it's just, just be simple and keep your language definitely casual and be approachable and accessible you know don't don't try to hype up your emails and never use jargon unless of course you know you're pitching a trade publication because that's that's a way to to get your pitch thrown in the garbage but yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's the way it goes cool so now after we've been if we get featured do we follow up with anything? How do we go about that? Because in my mind, like after I got featured in the Huffington Post, thanks to you, Kristen, <laughs> um, I was a little bit scared to email you because I knew you were so busy and I didn't want to, you know, just had another email to your inbox. But Michelle said, no, 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 go email her, go thank her. And so I did. And I loved it because now I feel like we're friends. So I know that you guys are so busy. So what would you kind of recommend for us like in the follow-up? Yeah, um, so you can definitely send a thank you email that, I mean, editors, television producers always appreciate that. But the one thing that goes much further is a handwritten note, you know, mm. on a card. Um, you can ask them for their address, send it to their office. You know, if they're a freelancer, obviously they'll give you their home address. But um, yeah, a handwritten note goes goes very far. Or even like a Starbucks gift card or something online? Um, yeah, you, you can do that, but it's completely unnecessary. Okay. And they don't expect it. And a lot of publications, especially the bigger ones, can't accept gifts. Oh, so like the New York Times, it could only, I think it's like $5 or $10, you know, could like accept a cup of coffee. But I don't think that they can accept lunch or drinks or anything like that because it, it just goes against the uh, outlets or the publications um, editorial guidelines. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have even thought about that. So that's good to know. But that makes sense now that I'm actually thinking about it because then it's bribery, 
I could see how that would get taken <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somehow. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it it could be you know just like I said, something that's as simple as a handwritten note it goes very far. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really good advice. Beyond that, is there any way that we can just go above and beyond whenever it comes to getting involved in PR? Just just become a resource, you know, be available for interviews and, you know, give the editor what he or she needs to write the story, meet their deadlines and be respectful of their deadlines, mm. you know, um... And that's generally like my best piece of advice. I mean, you don't want to complimenting people. It's only going to get you so far, you know, just, just help them make their jobs easier yeah. and you'll become a resource to, to that editor or journalist. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Whenever we are, like, for instance, with the Huffington Post, they, I, go, I go back to that because this is what <laughs> happens recently. But with, your, with my website, for instance. So my website was not completely done. Like, I'm still having a program or work on that. Is that super important? Like, what would you recommend for prep work? Obviously, I didn't want to miss the opportunity. But in situations like that, like, what would you recommend? Just go for it. I mean... Your website doesn't have to be the most beautiful thing, but it needs to be somewhat decent and mm -hmm. professional looking. Um, you obviously, if you're a product-based business, like if you have an e-commerce store and you sell beauty products or skincare products or whatever, um, if you don't have samples, don't do outreach. Don't reach out to the media because they're going to request samples. I would say 90% of the publications out there are not going to cover something until they get to test it, especially beauty editors, fashion editors, the same thing. Um, yeah, you want to make sure that you have your samples or your demo. Um, if you're a software company or anything available for the media to test. Um, but outside that, you know, I mean, you want to have a professional headshot and um you'll want to have at least a landing page up for your website right. um if it's not completed but if you just you know bought a url and you're thinking and oh. you don't have a website or a brand or anything i wouldn't i would you know delay starting any pr until you actually had something up and the other thing is too um before, especially when it comes to entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs reaching out to editors and journalists, not so much PR people. Well, so yeah, it's PR people too, but it's not as common. Um, they'll actually Google the person or, mm. you know, they'll look at the brand's social media followings. So it's really important to make sure that you have, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, whatever platforms where your audience hangs out um, active mm -hmm. and full, you know, I mean, you don't have to have a million followers, but you need to have some type of online footprint to show that there is viability to what you're doing, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Because if you have such a small following, then it may seem like you're not as credible. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah, that's definitely part of it for sure. So what if we feel like our swallowing is too false? Should we not, or too small, sorry, should we not reach out 
should be way. No, I mean you can. I mean, it it really just depends on your area of expertise. I Mm -hmm. mean, if you have like 50 Twitter followers, yes, I would wait until I had (laughs) 500 or a thousand. But uh, or you know, if you're going to if your target audience is on Instagram and whatever you're doing kind of skews towards that younger, you know, millennial (laughs) I generation, Mm -hmm. then yeah, you'll definitely want to make sure that you have an Instagram following and that, you know, you have more than five pictures put up (laughs) and you have more than five followers. You know, you want to make sure, I guess a good benchmark would be at least 500. Um, I would suggest more. But yeah, I guess a good benchmark to start would be about 500. I've never really thought about it because, uh, you know, the brands that we work with are pretty much established. I mean, we do some work with startups, but um, most of the brands that we work with have established followings. Right. So, but yeah, I guess for startups, yeah, I guess 500 to 1,000 would be a good, good benchmark to start with. Yeah. Well, thanks for providing those numbers because I think that gives a good frame for us to to think in so we have crafted our story we have pitched it to the editor we know how to structure our pitch we know how to find the editor we are good at googling by this point (laughs) we we know the do's and don'ts of media etiquette and seriously thank you for this i think those are fantastic guidelines and we know the prep work all of this awesome stuff this is fantastic now i want you to talk more about this free class before we can tell people how to hang out with you because i think this is really awesome that you offer this free class and i think it will help everyone listening right now okay so let me just give you some backstory on this okay so over the years i've had you know entrepreneurs of all sizes reach out to us and you know they they think that they're ready for a PR firm, but then once I kind of put them through a discovery call and figure out what their budget is and their objectives are, sometimes they're not ready. So what I did was, based on the years and years <laughs> of requests, you know, the last 10 years of requests that I've gotten for some type of free resource or like a lower cost PR course, I finally designed one about a year ago. And initially it was called squash the competition, uh, with publicity, but I recently changed it to cut through the clutter with PR Mm, and, um, Oh, thanks. (laughs) And if you, it it essentially, I mean, walks you through everything that we talked about, but in a very detailed way, and you could either get it in an email drip campaign, or you can sign up for it all at once on teachable. I'll also give you that link as well. Oh, I yes, forgot please. that my assistant actually <laughs> uploaded that, um, uploaded the, the email course to teachable as well. So like I said, but uh, that link is a little convoluted. So like yeah, said, we'll have that yeah. in the show notes for sure. <laughs> so, but the free course essentially, you know, just guides you through all the benefits that publicity can have on your business. Mm-hmm. It teaches you how to get noticed by editors, you know, at the Huffington Post, Inc., Entrepreneur, Refinery29, um, what to do when an editor doesn't respond to your emails, mm-hmm. and also simple ways for yourself to get on television because there's not a lot of stuff out there. And I also have an article that I wrote uh, for entrepreneur.com on how to get on TV. So uh, for yourself, not just for your product. So I can share that as well because it's a pretty decent resource. 
And, um, you know, it's like a super condensed PR 101 course. And it's a great primer for any entrepreneur that is interested in testing out like the vast sea of public relations because it's so overwhelming. People get so intimidating and they just, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Well, (laughs) I was always intimidated by PR, so I'm in that boat. Um, a little bit less now that I know you, thankfully, <laughs> but okay. So marketbeautifully.com slash podcast is where you can find the show notes. We will have Kristen's teachable course where you can get it all at once or that link where you can kind of get the drip campaign and then the entrepreneur article about how to get T on TV. Fantastic. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Where can they hang out with you, Kristen? <laughs> One of two places. So okay. you can go to creativedevelopmentagency.com or femfounder.co. Perfect. Yes. And I love your femfounder site. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> thank you. It's, it's very girly, but, you know, that's it is. kind of who I'm catering to because I am very girly, even though I have a very deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. I am too. I love me some heels and lipstick, so... Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Well, great. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun.